This is Robert Balgach and welcome to the Black Swan Secrets podcast. Our focus here is to help you grow as a producer and as a business owner in the life insurance industry. Enjoy the ride. Disclaimer, past performance is not indicative of future results. Strategies discussed in this podcast may not be suitable for you and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular objectives, financial situation or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Hey, good morning, everybody. Today is September 12th. The year is 2022. Great time to be alive. Start for the new week. And uh, last week was kind of a slower week. Usually the post-holiday weeks when Monday is taking out, they're a little bit slower. So we're going to make it up this week. So I'm just going to go over the leaderboard quickly. And uh, then Lee Corbett is going to take us to his Motivational Monday speech. I have no idea what he put together, but I'm sure it's great. So... First things first here, let's go over the last week. So Jamar was on top with seven apps, 6,900. I know Jamar, you have been grinding it on. What worked for you in in that post-holiday week? Uh, um, uh, Can you hear me? Yep. Cool. Um, So no, last week was just uh, super uh, consistent, just uh, staying um, relentless uh going for nose i remember that was a big thing that we left uh left the week prior so that was just on the top of my mind i I remember i posted in the group chat i was like i got like 46 nose today so i was just finding all the people who did not want our help and the faster i was able to do that i was able to find the people who do want our help so that's it that's it's a pretty good week then chris kane i think this is his best week since he started with us Relatively new, really stepped on on the pedal last week. So, Chris, tell us about these three apps and forty two eighty eight. Pretty good week. Yeah, I think for me, it's just uh, a matter of focusing, um, applying myself, and you know, full energy, and just increasing the activity level. And and hearing the nose, like Jamar was saying, it's I love it. Just say no. That gets me <laughs> one step closer to yes. That is it. That is it. So. So 42 hungry, your best week. Um, you might be on a podcast soon, Chris. So then we have uh, Carrie Weissong, seven apps, 4162 for Carrie. I know she wasn't happy with that. Erica probably wasn't happy. As you can see, she's already setting up more appointments, four apps, 3900 for Erica. Then uh, Sean Chadwell, three apps, 3840. Bridget had six, 3686. Marsha had a half of the week. She's on on a vacation this week. Twenty five eighty six. Um, Karis Lewis, four apps, twenty three fifty five, which I think was the best week in number of apps for him too. So that was good. And then we have uh, Janine had three apps, twenty three oh four. Dolly five apps, twenty two ninety two. John Cranford two for twenty one sixty one. Brian Foster, the part-timer, one for 1842. Matt Rebolt was on a podcast last week, two for 1812. Michael Cotton is now back from vacation. This is just two for him last week. Many more to come. Curtis Sykes, one. Zora, one. Landon, one. Laura Lynn, one. 
Tristan one Mark Cormier wrote his first app too so kind of a slow week this week is going to be showtime but uh, let me just hand this off to Mr Lee Corbett who can take us to some of his thoughts from this morning so go ahead Lee good morning everyone motivational mondays is what we call these new mondays that we're going to embark upon so it's always good to see these bright bushy faces uh we got some new faces on here um robert i see some new people in here so uh for all of you all that are new um to our morning zoom good morning welcome to the team welcome to the family um you've made the right decision um to be here with us so uh take believe it we don't take that for granted so we do appreciate your time um this morning we, we want to kind of be simple and quaint guys uh we we want to talk about not being lazy in the learning right and, and I, I remember this years ago and this is one of the things that I, I i talk about with my team a lot um outside of dick i know the most probably about this business i probably know more about this business than probably the rest of you all combined but i still probably study more than all of you Right. And I want to encourage you to always, always be steady. Don't be lazy in the learning. Right. You know, the, the wealth that you or, or the life that you want to build, it's going to be found in the learning. You got to be lazy. Can't be lazy in the learning. I know there are times, guys, um, I, I'll tell somebody, go listen to this video over and over. Meaning most of the time it's that critical period podcast 80, um, video with Dick. And I'll say, don't go listen to it again. Go listen to it again. Go listen to it again. And sometimes I know you're like, why do I need to listen to it again? I've listened to it 10, 10, 10 times. And I say, well, just because you've listened to it don't mean you got it. And then all of a sudden this thing clicks and you get it. And then you start doing these things like Jamar, you start understanding critical theory. You, just, you start selling it and it starts upping your sales. So don't be lazy in the learning. Learning is the beginning where it all happens. You know, men carry, we oftentimes talk about working between your heads or sometimes motivation, right? But we don't want you to start with motivation. We want you to start with the learning. Because if we if we motivate you first and you haven't learned anything, guys, all we have is a motivated idiot, right? So we want you to be, we want you don't, we don't want you to be lazy in the learning. Don't be lazy in building the library. The, the success is in is a numbers game, believe it or not, guys. We talk about that as it pertains to your dials and your contacts and your nose, but watch this. Also in your books. How many books are in your library? So if, if you can't look at your library, if you if I if you if I can ask you how many books you have in your library, you say five. That number's too small, right, Coach K? That's a small number to have in your library. Success is a learning game. We say leaders are readers. You're going to have to be willing to change yourself, guys. It's going to be a different game. Like if you want massive success here, watch this. Successful people do what unsuccessful people just aren't willing to do. And now you're going to have to ask yourselves at some point in time, well, what am I willing to do? Am I willing to read the book? Am I read, ready, willing to read the audio? Am I willing to get up in the morning? For some of you guys on the West Coast, right? Am I willing to get up every morning and get up at 6 a.m. to get on this call? Well, here's the question I ask. If you had a job, you had to be to at 8 o'clock and you had to get ready and get yourself dressed. You had to eat. You had to get in traffic. Would you get up at 6 o'clock? For a 30, 40, $50,000 a year job. So why would you not do it for something where you have so much potential? We can't be lazy with these activities. We've got to be willing to push. We got to be willing to fight. Because that's what it's going to take for us to win. 
We got to be willing to do the little things that we want to do. Guys, I, I remember back, and, and I'm, I'm going I'm to give you guys a little bit of insight to kind of what drives me. And some of you know it a little bit. Some of you guys heard it a little bit in, in my video that we did on our last year's retreat. But I'm going to give you guys so you understand why I don't get lazy in the learning, why it's so important for me to make sure that I have good information inside of this supercomputer. Number one, I realize this is a supercomputer and I have to feed it with the best information I can because the better information I put into it, the better information I get out of it. Does that make sense, guys? So I store so much. I put so much information. I, and you guys, sometimes you guys, you're like, Lee, you got the best things. You say you know all the right. No, I've studied so much. I put so much information in here because I, I said, you know what? I, there's nowhere in the world I can lose in this thing called life after being raised the way that I was raised. And watch this. I'm going to go through a little story here. And, and I'm not telling you that because, guys, I think I'm special. I'm not telling you that because I want you guys to have pity on me. I'm telling you this, this story because I want you guys to understand that if I can do it, you can do it. If Robert can do it from the circumstances he came from, you can do it. It doesn't make us special. It makes it our story. But before I jump into the story, I always tell some of you guys are, are familiar with boats. And when you're, when you're on a boat, if you, a boat, if you look behind you, you'll see a trail of water that kind of shows where you came from. And we call that a tail. And one thing I want you to remember, it tells you where you came from. It does not tell you where you're going. You can determine where that, which direction that boat came from. It cannot tell you where that, what direction that boat is traveling in. So I'm going to take you into a life of a, of, a, of, a, of a little black kid in Atlanta, Georgia. Raised in the projects, two projects, one called Born Home, one called East Lake Meadows. They called one of them, they, they called it World War I, and the other one they called Live, Live Vietnam. That was the nicknames for it. Guys, when I tell you, if you call 911 at this time in my life, and you live inside those projects, the police work out. And I remember we was in born homes. And I remember this is what this is my actually my very first memory. My very first memory. And that's because it struck me so hard. And I couldn't have been no more, no, no more old, no, no older than three years old. And, and it was it was right after Christmas and our apartment got broken. into. You know, we had the cinder block walls. We had this big old this cinder block wall that blocked off. I mean, it was just, you know, just that's just the way life was. Right. But literally, we our house got broken into that night. Somebody came in and they, they stole all our, all our stuff. And I had this little remote control car. Right. Three years old. And back then, guys, we had a remote control cars that had the cores attached to it. Right. It still. So you couldn't go too far away from it. You had to walk behind it while you was riding. Some of you got young folks, y'all know what that means, right? But Michael know what I'm talking about, right? So, but we had, to, but somebody stole this car and I was so devastated. I was literally broken. I'm like, why, what would they want with a little kid's car? And that broke me. But I tell you what, my mom was ambitious, kind of, sort of, not really. She said she wanted to get me out of that environment. So she moved me from World War One. And she moved me to what we affectionately called Little Vietnam. And we moved there. And I was still this good kid, right? I was, I was, I, I read a lot then. I was a reader as a little kid. Funny story, but before I get into all that stuff, guys, I was in second grade, right? And I started a book club. Now, you guys might find this funny, right? But, all, you know, I, because I was a reader. 
And so I had all the girls in second grade reading books with me. So the little boys came to me, you know, back then, we chasing girls, they trying to fill on their fannies and all this stuff and all, you know, all the little stuff little boys doing back in that, in that time frame. And they came to like, GC, man, how come you always got all the girls around you? I said, because I, I, I read. And all of a sudden, I had every kid in second grade, boys and girls, all the little bad, little bad, little butt kids in there reading because they wanted to get the girl's attention. That's why I say don't be lazy and learning. Hey, guys, here's a little fun fact. It'll help you get a nice woman in your life, right? They like intelligent men, all right? But back to the story. So anyway, we move over here to the projects, right? And I remember this. So anybody, well, none of you, most of you guys don't know me real person, but even to the day, I'm 48 years old, guys, and I never, I never, I will never rip open a package if you give me a gift. I will still un unwrap it, tape by tape, fold by fold. And the reason why I did that, guys, because as growing up as a kid, I never got anything excited. As a little boy, I was always excited. I ripped gifts over. And, and when we moved over there, we had this little corner store. And that's where my Christmas gifts came from. I got and every year. I just got an extra bag of these little army toys that they weren't posable. They had the little flat bottom. So all you had to do is you had to do this with them. We create, but we created these little armies and I created these little battles and all this stuff. But every year I'm asking my mom, you know, we would circle this stuff in the JC Penney's catalog and I wanted this Christmas and I never got it. I would go outside and the kids had bikes. They had new clothes. They had all of this. They had all of that. And every year I rip open, I got some little water gun um, that, was, that was gonna break if you put too much water. I had these little bitty army men and I'm building on this. So just stay with me for a half a second because I'm going through these Christmas. I'm opening these gifts. I'm excited just to go outside and realize I didn't get anything, but everybody else, they, they got some stuff that they can play with. So I'm sitting here. So even to the day, that's why nobody in my family, I can go in my closet. I got nothing but gift bags from a birthday to just pass because people know don't give TC a gift. A wrap gift because I'm gonna take 20 minutes open it and I'm gonna hand you back the wrapping paper because I'm gonna figure you might want to use it again. I've learned the art of unwrapping tape packages and it annoys people to know me, but that was because I never had anything exciting coming. But what happened, guys, is during that time frame, I vowed that when I had kids, they would never see the day that I saw, they would never see those days, they would never have to live through not having electricity. We had to have candles so often, so often at the times. Not having heat. We had to use if we had. So we always had water, gas or, or electricity. We never had all three. It was it was it was crazy. Some of you guys may know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys will, will never understand. My son will never understand. But I vow. I would never, I would never have my child go through that. So this is what led me, guys. I was 14 years old. I was 14 years old. And my, my brother comes to me. And I probably shouldn't tell you this guy, this story, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. Because all of this is kind of the stuff that kind of created who, who Dr. Lee is today. It is all that background stuff. It, it, it told me where my where I came from, but it had nobody knew that this kid was gonna make it to where he is today. Nobody knew that. But always having to bring home, my mother would bring home these big old black trash bags full of clothes every year. Every year, guys. And I would go, I would go rummage through it and I would try to go find 
some clothes that I could piece together to make it look like I had new clothes for the year. Because I never had new shoes. I never had new clothes. Everything I had was always hand-me-downs. And I would get picked on all the time. So I learned, because I was smart, I was quick with it. I learned to talk. I learned to jump. We called it Jonah when you talk about each other. I learned to get really good at that because if you was going to say something about my clothes, I was going to find something to say about your mother. I was going to say something about your daddy. I was going to say something about your brother. I was going to say something about somebody, but somebody was going to laugh at what I had to say because I was going to take the pressure off of the fact that my pants had knee pads in them. Some of y'all guys know about that. My shoes had holes in them. And it's crazy. So here's what happened, guys. True story. I, my brother comes to me. Now, mind you, in my whole neighborhood at this point, I'm 14 years old. I'm the good kid. I'm the smart one. They, 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 they. I'm going to heart the way everybody thinks. Because I'm always in the book. I'm always in the house reading. I'm always doing this. But every now and then we go outside and play. And my, my friends, now we're 14. They're outside. And they're out selling drugs. They've been doing this since we was about 11 years old. They're out there selling drugs. And I was standing out with them because we were friends. But I would never touch it. I would never do it. And when I was 14 years old, my brother came to me and he said, TC, go ahead and go outside and get rid of these for me. And I went outside and literally in about 20 minutes, I made $200. Now I was smart, I could do math, right? I've always been a numbers guy. The math made sense. I'm going somewhere with this, so just, just bear with me. The math made sense. I went out there in two hours, I mean, in 20 minutes and made $200. I came back in and said, how do I get some more of that? Because all of a sudden, I, I saw an opportunity for me to get some clothes. Now, that being said, guys, this is not a glory story about me being a drug dealer, none of that stuff right there, guys, because that wasn't who I was. I was a product of my environment. I did what I had to do at the time to make sure I had lunch money for school, to make sure I could buy a snack at the vending machine every now and then when everybody else was doing so, to make sure I could go buy clothes. And i never forget the very first outfit I went. I got I've got that money, man. I, I, after I got me some more and made a little bit more money, and I can go into the, the deep story about all that. But I went, I went downtown. I got on the, the train. And I drove. I, I went downtown, and I bought my very first outfit. I bought me a pair of blue and white Stan Smith Adidas, a pair of blue Bugle Boy jeans, and a blue and white Georgetown Hoya T-shirt. And I went to school for the very first time with new clothes on. Everybody like, TC, man, you fresh, man. You and I felt like a million bucks. And I said, never again. But watch this. That was not what I wanted for my life. But I got involved. And it got deep. And some of you guys know that world will consume you. And it started to consume me until I was 16 years old. I got into a very bad altercation with a guy. He was older. I was 16. He was like 21 years old. You know, in, in that lifestyle, it's very, very territorial. So a guy from another part of town or another side of the tracks, he came over, kind of flipping off at the mouth. And me and some buddies of mine, we did some bad things to him, and we left him in a very bad situation. I'm not going to say that I'm proud. But here's what happened. He survived that ordeal, and everybody warned me that he was going to come back to get me. He's going to come back. You know he's going to get you. You know he's going to kill you, right? My own brother told me the same thing. That's what tore me and my brother's uh, relationship apart at that point. And we didn't mend our relationship over to over 20 years later, shortly before he passed. 
But I ran across that guy about a year later after he fully recovered. And he caught me inside some other projects, talking to some girls in his neighborhood. And he walked up on me and put a gun in my head. And he said, you know y'all f me up, right? And I told him at that time, I'll, at that time, I'll, I just repented. I just like, Lord, please forgive me for all my sins. Because at that time, I knew it was over. Because in that time, in that time in life, if you did that with somebody, they were going to come back and it was going to be the end. And I told him, well, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. He lowered his firearm and he got in his car and he drove off. I went home. I prayed. And I said, God, if you let me live to be 18, I will turn my life around. If you let me live to be 18. Now, here's the more or less the part of that story. At that time, guys, I had no idea that I would make it to 18. I never thought I'd be here. But I tell you what, when I graduated, I left. I played football. I was still a smart kid. I was still an athletic kid. I went and played collegiate football in Tennessee. I said, I got to get out of the state. And I left. And after, after I left college, I said, I need some more discipline in my life. So I joined the army because I needed discipline because I had no discipline. But at that point, I started making decisions that I'm going to change my stripes. I'm going to start reading more information on successful people because I had no role models in my life. I didn't have any successful people in my life. I didn't have anybody in my life to tell me I could make it. I had nobody in my life that told me you can do it. I had nobody to guide me to tell me this is what you do next. This is how you do this. I didn't have anybody to tell me to pick up a book. But I wasn't going to be lazy in the learning. So I picked up those books. And I continued to read. And that's how I actually went on my first little tour. Because I went to a session in 1994, if I'm correct, 1995. With Jim Rohn, he was there, and I listened to him, and my mind was blown. I was in—I was truly, truly, truly inspired for the first time in my life, and I felt like I could take over the world. And I went to him, and I begged him to let me be a student with him. I told him I'd do anything, and he gave me that opportunity. And I traveled probably for the next year and a half around the southeast when he went out because here's the key i had to still get there. and guys when i tell you i hustled to try to get to these events just so i could be in his back pocket but i was going to do whatever it took whatever it took and i vowed that my children would never see the days that i see would never understood what it what it Felt like to be without, to have to, to, to be, a, to, to get into the drug game, to get into that violent lifestyle. But I tell you what, not proud of it, but I, I promise you, it made me who I am. It gave me that persistence, that hunger, and that determination. A lot of you guys might wonder sometimes why sometimes I go by doctor. Because I do have a PhD, but it's not from the educational system. It comes from what they call persistence hunger, and determination. And that's how years ago, they saw this little black kid from the hood rise from the ashes and become somebody. 
and inspire somebody. And they started saying, you know what? Man, you got so much persistence. You got so much hunger, so much determination. Then we're going to start calling you Dr. Lee. That's how that name came about, Coach K. That's how they started calling you Dr. Lee. Now, that being said, none of you on this call are 13, 14 years old. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to be lazy in the learning now. You can get started now, no matter how old you are, doing the little things that it takes because Colonel Sanders was in his 60s before he even started KFC. He was what some people might call an old man and built one of the greatest chicken franchises out there. More Lord of Stereo guys, I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you didn't do yesterday. I don't care about if you have not been training as much as you should. I don't care if you haven't been watching videos as much as you should. I don't care if you haven't been practicing as much as you should. And none of that matters what you didn't do. What matters is what you can do today or what you can do tomorrow. And all I'm going to ask is don't be lazy and alert. You've got a phenomenal opportunity in front of you. You can go out there and change anything in your financial future that you want for you young guys like the Landers and the Tristans and the Mats of the world. You've got the world at your fingertips. All you have to do is continue to do what you young men are doing. For some of the older heads, like myself and older, we got opportunity as well. This is a, a great opportunity to go solidify a nice retirement because we don't know what's going to be happening with the Social Security system in the next 10, 15 years. We don't have a clue what it's going to look like. We know what we think it might look like, but it could be so much worse. But here's an opportunity to not be lazy in the learning. Don't quit. Keep pushing forward. Keep plugging in. Pick up that book. Listen to that audio. Feed your brain. And go out there and make a change.